Awesome. Well, welcome everyone <laughs> to Saturday morning sisterhood. We are on our Zoom call and those that are joining us listening, um, we want to welcome you. Thank you for clicking on the link and hearing our podcast. Pastor Dial will be on soon and I just want to welcome everyone. Today is Saturday. It is September 26th. We are already in fall, which is really exciting. Yay! Yeah. Pumpkin spice lovers, yeah, yeah. the wave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tia has her coffee. Yeah, yeah, got it. Some pumpkin spice. Some people like cinnamon dolce. I mean, all year around. So whatever it is for you, Robin Duma gave me the thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> it's always funny not having people like yeah, jazz. <laughs> so we're here this morning. Um, Pastor Dai has an amazing word in her heart. It's truly a privilege that we can. Um, Zoom together. And thank you again for just carving out this time to join. This is our um, sisterhood at Newport Church. And um, this is a time where we can come together, lean in. And this morning I was reading, I don't know if you guys receive our um, church emails, but if you don't let me know and I can make sure we get everyone um, signed up for it. It just has amazing words from Pastor Jonathan and I. It tells us what's going on. Did you know that at 714 in the morning and 714 at night, we pray together as a church and you can just join in with us. We just pray wherever you're at, grocery store, in a car. So that's something that we can do. Um, as well as we have our morning prayer meetings. Um, it's on Zoom at 6 a.m. And our next church gathering, we'll be meeting. We meet outside of our church out in the parking lot, beautiful under twinkle lights. We have worship and it's a worship and communion service that's on October 3rd. So make sure you set your calendars um, for October 3rd and we will be coming together. Last weekend, it was incredible. Um, we had guest worship leaders that came from Tennessee, which was really, really cool. And so yeah, so we're gathering together. We're setting up these times, social distancing, bring your chairs, bring your mask. Um, we spread out, we worship together, and again, we'll take communion and just have that time. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray this morning. Some really, really exciting news is um, Allison is in a finalist for a screenwriting that she's doing. So we're praying for that. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus. Um, so we're going to pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you so much for this time that we have together. I thank you, Father God, for your women, every woman here represented, Lord. I pray favor for Allison, Lord Jesus, that you'll continue to pour out your blessing over her, Lord Jesus, and that and that you will just do such a mighty work in and through her favor, God, favor, and favor for those that are looking for jobs, those that, Father God, are stepping into a new season, Lord. I thank you so much for your blessing. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. This morning, we take this time just to, to meet with you, Lord, and, and to gather together, Father God. We, we take this, Lord, and, and we honor you, Father God, and that, that you'll just do a deep change in our heart. Let there be a paradigm shift, Father God, and in the way we think, Lord Jesus, as we listen to your word and as we lean in, Father. I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I have amen? <laughs> Perfect. Everyone said it. <laughs> Hi, Pastor Di. Good morning. I think we're just on a mute. Woohoo! Awesome. Thank you for that very godly long prayer, Jess, because I was um, trying to get, could Bob's golf clubs stop interrupting my life? <laughs> right? Amen. Reminds, Bob. reminds me of the uh, chopping tomatoes at Pomodoro days. Anyone remember that? Some of you will remember that. <laughs> 
So, hi everyone. So good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Um, I miss you guys. It's been like way too long. Um, but there you go. That's the calendar for you. And we're just going to, um, you know, keep updating everyone on what's going to be happening with church sisterhood. So just, you know, stay tuned because we are wanting to be responsible and we are not, you know, resting, thinking that we don't need to do anything. We'll just like kind of roll. No, we are like proactively uh, working out a strategic plan because, um, well, we miss you and we want to gather. Hello, baby N. Yeah, I told you they wake up eventually. <laughs> Go mama. So um, anyway, so good to have you all here. Um, I've got more parts of our um, resilience series. And I actually injected a new number into today, a new point, a new um, something. Because since we met last time, uh, was I guess it was three weeks ago because of the calendar, um, there's been a lot happening. And so this resilience message might end up being like a 25 um, part series, but okay. I just, I need resilience. So I just, I hope that this helps today. So Father God, I thank you in Jesus name for your word. Thank you, Father God, that your promise to us is that you are always with us, that you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And thank you for, for your word that brings us um, light and truth. And I thank you, Father, for peace in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we're going to um, continue with this uh, series today, Resilience. Now let me just, um, my printer's not working. Isn't that awesome? Who still even uses a printer? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking actually that Pastor Jonathan used to travel with a travel um, printer because there was no, like there was no iPads. So he would have like this little printer and paper and it would be like, so when he was preaching overseas, some of you weren't born, most of you were, but it's like ah, back in the day. All right, so I'm just gonna do a super, re, super quick recap. Um, here we go. Back to the very beginning. Very good place to start. All right. So resilience. Oh, gosh, it was all about Job's wife back then and the fact that she didn't have any resilience. Now we're in Isaiah. I love the book of Isaiah. I've never loved it more than I love it this year. There's something about this year. Every book is just like exploding in my spirit in the most beautiful way. Um, you know, just stop and take notes. And my... Uh, my Bible is like so messy. Like sometimes you'll see it on when I do the home segment on Sundays, but I'm like writing around the edges. <laughs> like, love it, God. And I know it's already there, but I rewrite it because it's like I feel like uh, Robbie Do. I feel like I'm in class again. And you've got to write down in order to have, you know, retention's important. Oh, look at you. So I have to like, I, even though something's there and I've underlined it and it's got a date from four years ago, whatever, I have to rewrite the words. And I know Father God doesn't mind. Once upon a time, I thought this was like sacrilegious, like do not touch the Holy Bible. Now I'm like, 
He doesn't care if I dribble on it, if I cry on it, if I've dropped it in the gutter because I was on my way home from youth. My Bible when I was at youth is officially wrecked because of dropping it in the gutter, but at least I took my Bible. Anyway, all that to say, um, love the word of God. So resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. It's the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. And we've talked about Bozo the Clown, you know, knock him down, but he's going to get up again. And so we've got to understand that we have a God who is the only one. And in Isaiah, he repeats that about himself several times. I am the only one. And so we have no no right and no role in staying down. So we have got to like, like lay hold of every scripture we can possibly get. We need to um, talk to godly women, men, anyone that we can to get up because we have no right to stay down. And if you're in a down phase, then you have sisters of faith, just like the paralyzed man could not get himself into that house. He had people that had to lift him. And so um, Bozo, down, but he gets up again. Now, Bozo can get up, hello. Can we not just get up again? Easier said than done, right? So we started with seven keys to resilience. Well, today we're officially eight. We might go to 10, 12, 25, whatever. Talked about perspective, counting our blessings, the whole, you know, glass half full and... If I'm having a really, really hard day on myself, because if you're not, you know, if you're not super hard on yourself, then I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I can look in this room right now. I'm not going to mention any names, Becky. <laughs> People I know that are like hard. I, I'm super hard on myself. Super hard on myself. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's good to look and say, well, what is in my life? What, like, what am I doing? And um, and it's really good to count our blessings and not focus on our failures or even the fact that we might have a flaw. <laughs> okay, then we talked about peace and how important it is to pursue it. And as far as it is possible, live at peace with everyone. And sometimes it's not possible. So the ultimate reconciliation happens in heaven. And so uh, that's like beautiful. Then we talked about provision and that this is a really important part of resilience, understanding that God promised us he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. And so we just need to make sure we're not like eating our seed, that we sow our seed, even if it's a little or it's a lot, that we know the difference between seed for sowing and bread for food. And we talked about um, perseverance not allowing ourselves to be weary in doing good and to not, whatever you do, uproot in fear what you have planted in faith and to make sure that we stay away from that whole, well, what was the point of this? You know, I gave my everything. Just keep giving it everything. Like what is there to lose ultimately? If you do it all for the Lord, like whatever you do, for the Lord is never going to be null and void. It's always going to come back in some kind of good fruit in your life. And um, this morning I want to talk about, um, so that was number, I believe, five, promise. 
And today we're going to talk about, here is um, something, a key to resilience. It's pillars. So pillars are really important in our life. Um, I'm talking about like in a natural structure. So you're all indoors right now. Sometimes Candace is in her car, but there is a structure in that car, even if it's not a pillar. There are certain things that keep from caving in on us. Um, so pillars are very, very important. And it's, it's, it's important for us to identify who our pillars are in the natural, what they are, and in the spiritual, who they are. And um, I've shared this before at Sisterhood. Um, I don't remember how long ago. <laughs> Hashtag 2020. Don't know when it was, whatever. Um, but I shared that I have three people who are my go-to people, my three pillars. Because if I've got something going on um, that's like major, and I'm going to tell you, the Apostle Paul, I love him, he talks about, I've been, I've been through all of this personally, blah, 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 blah. And then I carry you. <laughs> so pastors' lives are not like, I don't, I don't know if anyone thinks we just live in an ivory castle and everything's perfect. Oh, heck no, bullseye. We are like probably, I, want, I won't say more under it than you because I would never do that. I don't know what your life is like and I would never presume that mine can be harder than yours. But I will say I also carry you in my heart. And God graces us for that. So don't ever think you're a burden. Don't ever, ever think you're a burden. You are a blessing because you come with the gift of pastoring. So as shepherds, we love you. You're never, ever a burden. And just want to say that, um, you know, straight up. But there, it, this funny thing about, um, you know, carrying, it's like you carry your personal life, you carry the pastoring life, um, but it's real. And, you know, the problems get real and whatever. So I have to have pillars. So I'm not going to call you and have a download on you with all of me because that would just be so unfair. <laughs> so I have some pillars that are, um, well, they're older than me. Not that pillars have to, I'm just telling you mine. Older, they've been in ministry longer they represent a, a piece of my life across a broad spectrum of my life. They're not connected. So it's not a trio. There are people, they are people who I know will um, slap the inside child of me straight up. I also know that they will give me perspective when I, everything is like super blurry and I, I will receive encouragement from them because they are, they've, they've got no, um, the no-nonsense people. So they are Darlene Check, Pastor Darlene, who I've known for, I don't know, she brought cupcakes when London was born. She walked into the room. Like I've known her for like 25 years. Um, Pastor Jonathan was her boss and we love her and she's the most amazing, beautiful person, mother, grandmother, leader, obviously, worship songwriter. Um, the other is Kerry Weems, Pastor Kerry. Um, who is absolutely no nonsense. She is so sharp. She's a theologian. Um, again, completely different. But, and she lives in Florida and I'm here and I wish we could spend more time together, but there is something about, she is an iron sharpens iron pillar in my life. And then the third one is, third person is Pastor Lucinda 
Bloomfield, who is in Yuma, Arizona. Hands up if you've ever been to Yuma, Arizona. Why? <laughs> Just kidding. Because she would say, why? <laughs> the, the cotton on the trees and the oranges on the trees. Yeah, yeah, I love going to Yuma because for me, Yuma is her and her husband, Pastor Steve Bloomfield, and just being there. So Pastor Steve Bloomfield's dad, who passed away recently, was the one who um, introduced Pastor Brian Houston's dad to the Lord. So we're talking about everything is connected. Now, that is not why we're friends. We're friends because she is a sharp shooter. Now, she looks like a Barbie doll. That's true unapologetically she's got the blonde she's got the bright pink i want i actually wanted to come and do a sisterhood zoom i was thinking about that this morning because she is so full of life and enrichment um even though like we're completely different in style and everything that woman is like she's bond so she i will text her she'll text me so i'm talking about pillars who are your pillars that's a question that we can think about. Um, so I'm going to take you to Bible college when I was there 20, help me Robbie do's, 24 years ago, 24. Um, I always sat in the front row, middle of the front row. I had just dropped the boy. I was a single mum. I had just dropped um, Ben and Bo at preschool. Um, at seven, it's the earliest they opened. And then I had to drive across the city and class started at 7.30, five days a week. I could not be more excited about doing anything in my life. I just had to be organized and up and ready. So I would sit in the front because I'm easily distracted. I don't know if you know that about me, hate meetings, <laughs> but I do love the word of God and learning. And I went to Bible college so that my head could catch up with my heart. So I would sit there and sometimes it was a bit of a vying for the front row, different reasons. For me, it was attention span. For other people, it was, um, what do you call it? Like sucking up to the lecturer? I don't know. Is that rude? Sorry. It was like, here I am, pick me. I, didn't, I was not interested in ministry. I didn't even know what that was. I knew what missions were. But I was there because I know I knew if I did not sit in the front, and so it was like kind of a competition. But this guy would always sit next to me. You ready for this, Robbie? Do Matthew Walcott, and um, he was my college friend. And he, if he got there first, he would save me a seat. If I got there, I save him a seat. Friends. He ended up marrying this girl called Sky, who was in the same class, and they ended up with twins. And I'm like, see what happens when you hang out with me. Okay, <laughs> so. Matthew Wal I'm telling you this for a reason. So Matthew Walcott had this amazing party trick. He could recite the entire book of Ephesians. Can you imagine? Like he would just stand on stage with a microphone. Like he, he would get booked to do that. Matthew, come and share how important it is to have the word in you. And he would, and I'd be like, I still use my index. <laughs> it's holy. It's in the Bible, right? To this day, I still use my index. But he had this amazing ability, memory retention. Um, I don't know if he's still like serving God or whatever, but it was like, oh my gosh, Ephesians. So I do love the book of Ephesians, but every time, because we're in that right now, if you're, if you're in your Bible in a year, we're in Ephesians. 
and, and it is about the church and it is about pillars and it is about God's intention for building his church. Uh, but every time I see Ephesians, I just, I just want to tell you that fun joke because has anyone else got that skill? I've got other skills, not that. I can tie two pairs of shoelaces faster than you can blink. Twin boys. <laughs> Actually, I, I, might have be, I might be out of touch. I need to have twin grandchildren and try again, see if it can work. Okay, I want to read to you a scripture. Let's get to the Bible today, folks. Okay, Ephesians 2, 20 to 21. I'm going to le uh, read to you from the New Living Translation. And this is what the Bible says. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. I am very visual. So when I read that, I see a structure. I see a building. I see a temple. And, you know, thank God, this month we celebrate five years of our miracle church home. The fact that we can't be inside it right now is kind of ludicrous, but there's, there it is. At least we have the ability to meet outside. But this was a miracle and it's been confirmed by so many prophetic words over our church that, um, that we have this facility and we, we want to use it for the glory of God and we, we don't want to sit on it. We want to make sure it's used properly as soon as we can. That's what we're going to do. But, you know, becoming a holy temple for the Lord is actually us being carefully joined together in Christ. So I know Pastor Jonathan's been, um, you know, teaching a message on Sunday about unity in the midst of disunity, that more than ever, we need to put aside things that cause disunity. Doesn't mean we agree on everything. It just means that we are going to be people who are, who are allowing the Lord to carefully join us together in him and not being that resistance and not, you know, throwing up the question marks and not, you know, not doing things that would interrupt his kingdom work because now more than ever, we need the kingdom to advance. And it is with or without us. It is. And I want to be part of it. Amen. Amen. So I asked um, Jana, it's an, hi, Jana. Um, for people who don't know Jana, uh, this is Jana. <laughs> Can you just tell us what your official career title is and how you served nationally as a representative recently before I ask you to answer the question? So just tell us those things. Sure. Good morning, everybody. Fun to see you all. I am a licensed California architect, if you did not know that already. And the process for becoming a licensed architect is basically a five-year architectural degree, a three-year internship, and then we have a series of exams that we have to take that's kind of like the bar exam, but for architects. So um, when I was taking it, there were about nine different sections, and then each state has a separate supplemental exam you have to take as well. And California is, is the most rigorous, um, along with Florida and New York. So that's just a little bit of some of the training and education that I've gone through to get to this point. But I've also served on our nonprofit architecture um, called uh, board called American Institute of Architects. It's a national and international 
organization of about 99,000 members. And so I served on the strategic council, helping them uh, create their strategic plan for moving forward for the next five years. Um, and then we helped do some strategic thinking and uh, kind of how we can help advance the profession. What was your role on that board, Jenna? Uh, I was a strategic counselor, and so we, we had a lot of different um, functions, but among the things I served as uh, on a task force for emerging professionals in the architecture industry, and then um, helped me with a strategic plan, but I would represent California. And then before that, I was the uh, president of California American Institute of Architects. That's what I was looking for, because I knew you were boss. That like, one. Yeah, the yeah. boss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm asking you, um, I, I, I you know, asked you earlier today if you would share what the importance um, of pillars are in a like a physical structure yeah so uh oftentimes we think of pillars and we think of like greco or roman architecture right the big stone pillars out in front of a temple or um one of these historic ancient structures but the real idea about a pillar and what we would call in modern terms a column is to really support the structure. And so like, if you think about your house, uh, the walls are essentially supporting the structure. So we don't really need columns or pillars because we have a solid mass that is our structure that's supporting it in different ways. And so what happens is with a column or a pillar, it allows us to get rid of this wall so we can have this beautiful expansive opening and brought visuals. We can have this opening so we can have a bifold door, we can have this amazing open space to come into. Um, and so one of the, the things that starts to happen is when we don't, we don't wanna have walls as we go higher and higher, we want a more expansive structure, we're adding more weight. And as we add more weight and get taller, that weight has to transfer down into the foundation, into the footings of the buildings need something stronger than just a wall to resist all of the forces that come against it in many directions from the top laterally from the sides uh, to resist any type of movement but what I was really thinking about Daya when we when you had mentioned this is a modern construction technique called a moment frame and I think it really ties into what you were talking about with that verse in Ephesians so I have my play-doh right here you guys these are our footings but what happens with a moment frame that's really cool is instead of having these two independent columns or pillars that have to resist the forces by themselves the moment frame that's really awesome and i didn't do a equilateral moment frame here is that it's one structure connected together at the top and so this whole column is connected to another member that's a beam and then connected to another column right there and then it goes down deep into the footings and the foundation and so this is super super strong and we can start to stack these moment frames on top of each other because they're going to be able to carry the load and resist any tensions and lateral forces that are coming against it from the side and then we still have this beautiful expansive opening around it so there you go. As simple as I could make it with illustrations. 
Okay. Yeah, bravo. Hello. So, um, Jana, I love you, Jana. You're just awesome. Um, Jana and her husband, William, um, are responsible for how beautiful our church building looks. They're very cool and extremely good with budget. It's always important when you're building something or remodeling. They also um, oversaw the remodel of our home. And if, if you've been to our home and there were, there were two different um, walls we wanted to knock down. One we could and one we couldn't. And so we took the advice of the architects who know what's going on to not create a space that would be dangerous and cause the house to fall down. So when it comes to pillars, we've got to think about um, not only like the people in our life, like I mentioned, I've got my three, I've got more, but th those are my key three that I wanted to mention. Um, but we also need to think about our, um, like our lives and the pillars in our, not just our home, but in our church and who is movable and who is immovable. And so when it comes to load, I do know this because my dad was a builder as well as being a firefighter, like two jobs. Okay. Hardworking man. But to have, um, you know, you, the load is everything. So basically the reason we could not punch out one of the walls we wanted to was because the load bearing couldn't handle it. And so pillars are really important and sometimes they, are, they can't be moved. And so we have got to be like really in tune spiritually with our role as pillars in the house. Here's the question that I want us to discuss today. Am I a pillar in the house and what is my role? And knowing that is really important because this week we've experienced, um, well, actually today, a really, really beautiful, happy, sad moment where, you know, Kim and Harry um, are literally packing up today and driving away. And we're talking about two very big pillars in our church and in our lives. As I, if you were there on Saturday night when I um, cried, <laughs> thank you, Hosanna. Really appreciate that moment. <laughs> we sang a worship song and I was so undone. And I had said to Pastor Jonathan, please don't get me to say anything because I just will cry. But then I was crying so badly and so much, I thought I need to say something. And here, they, they've been in my life for a quarter of my life. They've been in London's life for all of her life. You know, London doesn't even know um, her aunties and cousins in Australia, a lot of them. But she, like Harry and Kim, thousand percent. So when it comes to um, pillars, I was like, Father God, I'm so happy for them. This is a good, this is good. By the way, Father God spoke to us. Father God spoke to them. This is, you know, there's good moves and there's like awkward moves and then there's like, oh, why did you do that? No, no, no. These people are saints. We love them. And, um, but pillars. So who do we look to now? What do we do? We look to the Lord. You know, someone go and buy that shirt that says, I'm going to speak to God only today. I'm not going to speak to, you know, it's like, I'm actually okay with this because he will build his church. And, um, you know, so it's, it's really good for them. So we're, we're super happy because exciting new change for them. 
super sad because we're going to miss them. But when it comes to our church, hey, pillars, we have pillars in our church. Our structure is not falling down. We have the, what's it called? What's that one called? I like that one. Moment frame. The moment frame because we're all connected. We have the mo. I don't know why it's called moment, but right this moment when our beautiful lovely friends are driving to their next adventure, in this moment, we've got to believe that God is giving us a moment frame. And I know he has. He's already spoken to me very clearly. And, you know, when it comes to pastoring in our church, when we started, our pastoring model was and always will be through our life groups and through um, community connection. So for instance, if people are in a life group, well then our life group leaders are, um, their role is to actually pastor and it's not emergency pastoring. It's not, it's actually preventative. It's like, how are you going? How can we help you? What's happening in your life? We're celebrating the wins. Um, we're with you in, in any kind of losses. It's not just emergency pastoral care like somebody is in a ditch. Of course, we're here for that. But we really believe in strengthening because this is what the Bible says. I want to read this to you before we break up into our groups. Ephesians 4, um, 11 to 12 says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And the, the morning that Pastor Jonathan shared with me about, um, you know, Kim and Harry um, thinking about going, I, I shared this scripture with him because pillars, I'm thinking pillars. I'm thinking, you know, structure, what, you know, but straight away I was reminded of a scripture that helps all of us. And I really want you to be encouraged and not deflated. I mean, we love and we lose people move, but when it comes to our church, father, God builds, Jesus is going to build his church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And this is the whole thing. Our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry as pastors. This is our job. That's exciting for all of you because guess what? You get to pastor people. Who wants to say hurrah? Hee-haw. Yep. And we're, we're going back to basics. This is our job. We do not have a pastoral care department. Now, we have, uh, we're working on um, appointing a new point person or people because obviously when it comes to who is going to organise certain things that are pastoral, Absolutely. We're already onto that. But when it comes to what's going to happen with our church now, we equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This does not belong. This is not departmental. This is actually ministry for all of us as the body of Christ. It's a privilege. So I've just, I wanted to you know, say that because this is a very, you know, it's a big moment. And how funny is it that on, you know, Saturday, I lost my marbles crying um, publicly. I love to do that, obviously. No. <laughs> But on Wednesday night when um, Kim and Harry, they took London out for dinner and, um, and then they came back and we had some time together and we prayed with them. Um, they're just very, very deep. I didn't cry at all. I'm like, this is so good for them. And I'm so not worried at all about our church. So I just wanted to share that because for me to, um, you know, not say anything is like, 
What does this mean, Becky? What does this mean? <laughs> I want Becky to talk. Becky, I'm, I'm, what does this yes. mean? Yes. What is oh, it? Oh my goodness. It's just the big elephant in the room, right? Well, it's a small elephant and it's cute. This is Dumbo and he loves Kim and Harry. So I'm happy to talk about the elephant in the room because it's not about a person. It's about a conversation. And so um, it's really important for us to know no one's been with us longer. Oh, actually, excuse me. We'll take that back. Two people in the room. Actually, three. <laughs> Sorry. That would be Robbie Dew, Jess and Crystal. Officially, the Australian side. But when it comes to the bowling family, just you know, love them, but also let's just get stronger and understand that the moment pillar, in the moment, God is giving us um, strength because this is his church and he's building it. And Kerry, hi. I know that Kerry's going to be um, carrying some of the fun um, pastoral things as well. Um, she and I haven't talked, but Kim kind of let me know, but I just want to, let's pray for Kim right now and pray for Harry. I was hoping she could be with us. She couldn't today because they're leaving, but um, in the future, I'm going to ask her to just pop back in. How's it going in Wyoming and everything? How's it going in Wyoming? And then Jonathan does not stop saying, why? Wyoming, <laughs> whatever. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious servants, for our faithful friends, we thank you for blessing them today. Give them travel mercies. We thank you, Father God, for um, a brand new start for them with their family up there, with Harry's job. And we thank you, Father God, for um, all the years that they've invested into us. And we thank you that none of it will return void. We bless them now. And we thank you, Father, that we will see them again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... Um, we're going to break up into our little um, discussion groups and we're going to talk about um, pillars, however that goes. And then I will see you back soon. We're going to receive um, our giving today. And what we want to do is we didn't uh, originally, I don't know if any of you knew this or not, but originally um, Harry and Kim were going to be leaving at the end of October and then it became leaving next week. So we did not have an opportunity to receive um, an offering for them. So we want to make sure, so after our breakout groups and we receive the offering today that we wanna um, do something above and beyond our sisterhood giving to bless them so that they know that we believe in them and that we wanna contribute to them, um, those who've contributed so richly and beautifully and faithfully to us. So. I'll see you back here real soon. Um, have fun in your chat. I hope that was a good chat. Was that a good chat? Yeah. Very good. good. Yay for pillars and yay for God mm -hmm. building his house. Amen. Mm -hmm. So I want to um, do what I mentioned now, and that is, um, you know, to receive awesome. um, giving for Kim and Harry. And, um, you know, Jonathan and I talked about what we would love to do and what we can do. And there's that, that tension of, um, you know, you can't do what you can't do, but also there's that stretch of faith. And I would just really encourage you that if you can do something above and beyond to bless this amazing 
couple, then um, please do so. I want to read to you from Isaiah 10, um, verse, <laughs> I need glasses. My Bible print is so tiny. Hold on. It's verse eight, because I just looked at the verse previous and it says seven. I thought it was six, but it's eight. Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> this is what the Bible says. Okay, so Isaiah 10, verse 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. And I shared this with um, somebody, or actually two people, the day that I read it, because um, there's just a way of being generous that is just so precious and meaningful. And, you know, not a lot of us have got, you know, cash to burn and cash to throw at things, um, obviously, especially in this season. But it doesn't mean we can't um, become and stay that generous person to work out how to do it. Maybe mm -hmm. it's giving something in order to make something happen. It's just, you know, having that spirit of generosity. And I know like Kim and Harry, spirit of generosity through and through and for all the years unwavering in their generosity um, when it came to their time their talent and their treasure and so um let's just be that like i love that that's in isaiah like mm. generous people like plan generosity and then they stand in their generosity. it's like oh come on i want to be that one <laughs> anyone want to be that one amen okay, so you um I think there's something going to come yeah, up. To giving, show. Giving, giving, yep. Giving up on the chat. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, Jess. No, you're good. Yep. So our, our giving is on the chat. If you click on the button, and as well, you can give online on the app. It's super easy. So, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so this will be going to them to bless them. I just want them to know that sisterhood is with them. And Kim was at our very first meeting and has been a pillar in our sisterhood um, for the entire time. So she takes her pillarness with her. Amen. Amen. I love it. It's a transplanted tree. It's not uprooted. It's beautiful. It's like, there's a very big difference. So I'm praying that they, let's pray. Father God, let them reap. Yes. God. Right now, Father God on this journey let them let them find a reaping an overtaking reaping in their life father god for every seed they've sown and i bless them now and i thank you father god for blessing everyone who's contributing towards them financially today a love offering to say we love you we believe in you we honor you and we thank you we thank you father god for being true to your word always in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. Well, thank you everyone so much for your giving and october 3rd set your calendars that's our worship and communion night at church outside okay. in the parking lot and we love you so much and we can't wait to see you again church tomorrow yes. 10 a.m online tomorrow. okay Bye. Bye. thanks Bye. again